coast and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dias, podcasting and broadcasting live from the studio of EloquentOnline.net in beautiful New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Power of Performance podcast, the show that asks the question, if your banking brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? One way to do that is for your bank to have a fingerprint on every single good thing that happens in your community. That's the secret to success for our friends over at Marine Bank in Florida. Their CEO and president, Bill Penny, is here to talk about it. It's a great interview. I was so happy to get him on the air. Just a quick show note, we will not be doing a show next Friday because it's Thanksgiving weekend, and I can't even believe that. But what a great conversation I had with Bill Penny yesterday. The interview says it all. Folks, There are certain things that just never change. You can go to any conference today and find out, oh, these things changed because of COVID-19. It's more important to focus on the things that did not change. For instance, time continues to be your most valuable commodity and locality. And the history that you've been dealt, how you use that to intentionally engage your audience and your community... That's how you build your business. Marine Bank is putting on a master class in community banking. And so I'm looking forward to talking to their president, the gentleman who's leading that great team out there in Florida. And we're going to do it all right after this. For almost 13 years, this is conference quality information without the rubber chicken dinner and without the death by PowerPoint. This is the one and only Power of Performance Podcast. And so we're going out to the great state of Florida to visit with William. They call him Bill Penny. What a great name for a bank president. They're sticking pennies and big bills far and wide down in Florida because they're doing a great job over at Marine Bank. His name is Bill Penny. He's the president and CEO. Hey, Bill, welcome to the Power of Performance Podcast. Hey, Jason, thanks for having me. Looking forward to our discussion. Oh, it's good to have you on. Well, we know what you do now. You're the president of Marine Bank, but let's turn the time machine back a little bit. Tell us about your first job in banking. Sure, thank you. I started at Barnett Bank, which was uh, 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 the largest bank in Florida back in the 70s, 80s, 90s. I started there as a credit analyst in uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida, a little south of where I am now, and uh, started as a credit analyst and worked around the numbers with put my finance degree to work, and then uh, from there progressed up to uh, branch officer, loan officer, branch manager, uh, chief lending officer, chief credit officer, and then ultimately bank CEO. Awesome. Now, i got to ask you, on that first day when you walked into yeah. the bank, what what passed for what passed for technology on your desk? Anything at all? Technology. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we had yeah. First, I had an ill, you know, I had ill-fitting nylon suit that I was so proud of to show up to wear. And you know, this is '78. I mean, we're we're still getting out of the uh, era. Uh, oh, yeah, we had we had paper spreadsheets. So I would, we'd get a loan request, 
and uh, take those financial statements and handwrite in pencil in the assets and liabilities and the income statement items. And we had a secretary that typed them up and it was tedious work typing and then tedious working and correcting. So the only technology would have been a calculator. Calculator. That's I, that, I was wondering yeah. about that. Yeah. Now, yeah. I've mentioned yeah. in some of my uh, comments that Marine Bank is putting on a master class in community banking, and apparently I'm not the only person who thinks so. Recently, Marine Bank won the Company of the Year award by the Indian River County Chamber of Commerce. Now, this is not just the best bank. This is the best company of the year. Tell us how you and that great team at Marine Bank got this done. Well, thank you, Jason. I, I have always believed that we live in a community and we need to give back to the community. That's just how I was ingrained years and years ago, and uh, uh, we have ingrained that in our team. And uh, the employees that we have hired generally are attracted to us because of that community involvement and community spirit. And by, by doing that, we are out in front uh, being, you know, serving on all, on all, I like to say a Marine Bank employee has their fingerprints on any good thing that's ever happened around here, whether it's uh, leading the United Way campaign, I've done that three times, chairing the United Way, chairing the Chamber of Commerce, uh, chairing the Economic Development Commission. Um, it, you have to do things that you're passionate about. But you, you, and when you do that, you're excited about doing it. And, and you don't go in looking to get business, but when you do it, you do get business. And it's not just Bill Penny, it's the entire team. Uh, we've made it fun and rewarding for everybody to get involved. Well, it's a, it's a big deal. This is not like one of those things where you have all these different categories, you know, the best Korean barbecue, the best South Carolina yeah, right, barbecue, right. and somebody wins in those categories. Yeah. This is the best company yeah. in yeah. Best, the county, best so bravo the, to all of you. Best, yeah, best bank with a CEO with money in his name, you know, we win that category <laughs> exactly. too. Exactly. In 13 yeah. years, it is the coolest name we've ever had <laughs> on this show. Now, I know people like to look forward not backwards, yep. I'm, but I'm mm -hmm. a historian, not a futurist, okay. because if you study history, you become a better futurist than any futurist who doesn't study history. But looking back, right. uh, almost more than two years ago now, more than two years ago now in 2020, I am convinced, and this is not an exercise in hyperbole, that community mm -hmm. banks like Marine Bank saved this country economic collapse on Easter weekend 2020, figuring out the PPP. First of all, I want to ask you, do you agree, and should community banks and banking trade organizations talk about this more? Oh, I agree. I agree 100%. Look, we were a $285 million bank in January of 20, pre-pandemic, and uh, happy, to, happy to be there. And by the end of the PPP effort, we did $93 million in PPP loans, so almost a third wow. of the size of the original bank, and some... I think it was 1,200 loans that uh, paid wages for over, we lost count at 10,000 jobs. Um, and wow. it wasn't just the money, it was the psychological boost to help these employers. They, we were all struggling. We didn't, we'd never seen anything like this. Uh, we didn't know what to expect. And people were coming in, we were, yeah, we were. We actually maintained normal office hours. We were very careful how we did things. We did it over, you know, over the phone and online as well. 
Um, but we, we processed these loans and we had, I had over two thirds of the bank working on some form or fashion of the PPP loans. And my favorite stories on this are um, my HR director was, had the enviable task of calling people and telling their loan was approved. And so she sent, she was an early riser, and she sent out an email one morning at 4 a.m. said, hey, Jason, your loan's approved. Well, Jason responded back at 4.05 a.m. <laughs> when do we close? <laughs> oh, like, wow. Now that, so, yeah, that stays with you. <laughs> yeah, the psychological reason is one other favorite story. We have a uh, mental health association that helps support everybody's mental health in our community. And the CEO was a, was a buddy of mine, and I could never get him to bank with us. He always had some reason, and he called me desperately. He said, our bank can't deliver on PPP. Can you help us out? And we did. And then I talked with him later, and we had him on. Uh, we were doing bank-wide huddles on uh, Zoom at the time for the entire team just to keep everybody informed of what's going on and keep them pumped up during this crazy time. We had him on, and he said the PPP loan at Marine Bank, uh, provided, uh, funded some 40 employees uh, wow. that ended up being a couple thousand patients, and all of those patients were new patients that worked in healthcare. Wow! And Jason, there was not a dry eye in the house. I mean, we were all. I believe like, it. Oh done. Yeah, it's just a tremendous story. And, and and I talked to my my counterparts around the country. Marine Bank wasn't unique in that. I'm very proud of what we've done. Our, our community bankers all around the country really stepped up and made it happen for their communities. Absolutely did. Now, I follow a lot of trade associations and organizations around the country, and sometimes it's a little frustrating. I see the, the credit union organizations in certain states, I feel like they're outworking the banking associations, that is not true in the great state of Florida. In the free state of Florida, you guys had a thriving, active Florida Bankers Association. I know you're proud of that. Tell us about that. Yeah, we are. The Florida Bankers Association is 135 years old, and I am honored to be the chairman this year. Uh, so the, the job of the chairman is uh, leading, leading, the, uh, leading the meetings, helping set the policy and the direction. And, you know, frankly, we do a lot of lobbying. So we are in Washington. We'll be in Washington four or five times during my chairmanship and in Tallahassee as well. And, you know, people say, oh, you're lobbying for banking. That can't be good. No, I, I like to say we're lobbying for free enterprise. Banking is free enterprise. Look, we have a job. Uh, our, our job and our mission is to finance the American dream, first house, first car, job expansion, com you know, commercial loan to expand a company that creates jobs. And, you know, that's good stuff. That's good heartwarming stuff, and we just want to be left alone to do that. And, and so that's why we go to Washington, and that's why I get pumped up every time, um, you know, I think about that. Florida is one of those states that is just exploding in population growth. It sounds like you guys are taking advantage of the history that you've been dealt. Can you feel it? Can you feel a sense of energy and excitement where you're doing business right now? Oh, absolutely. You know, first, I like to say we live in the free state of Florida. We had a, uh, a banking conference down in Miami a few weeks ago, and I, I, I warned my way to the, the MC, and I said, can I welcome everybody? And I said, welcome to the free state of Florida where we don't believe in income taxes. Uh, and got, got a rounding, uh, a bit of applause from that, from the people from out of state. 
Um, the, the pandemic really brought out how well Florida is run. Um, there's an IRS study that talks about wealth movements around the state. And in 2020, Florida gained $23.7 billion of wealth. Wow. People moving from other states. And Jason, I know you're in the great state of Texas. They were number two. At six billion, so twenty-three wow. well, billion. That, that, that actually kind of floor. upsets me. I like to be, I like to be first. <laughs> As a Texan, I, know, I don't I know, like to come I in first. <laughs> yeah. I gotta, I gotta get a hold of the people at the Texas Bankers Association. We gotta get, we gotta get our boots and our spurs on and try to catch up with the free state of Florida. I'm not, I'm not happy about that at all, Bill. That actually upsets me quite a bit. We're supposed to be number one okay. in everything. I'll send you, I'll send you the article. And guess I'd what? Love the to biggest see it. losers. Yeah, the biggest loser states were New York and California, Illinois, that, and the common thread of those is Florida, Texas don't have a state income tax, yeah. and those other states do. And we know that, you know, the higher the tax rate, the more regressive it is for business expansion and formation. Yeah. And look, I'm an I'm a unapologetic free market capitalist, free enterprise guy. And Same I think here. that has, our country has created more wealth than the world has ever seen and needs guardrails. Keep everybody honest, but, uh, you know, really, really interesting example of, of Florida. Our population continues to grow. The economic headlines are pretty bad. But then when I get beneath that and I'm talk, out and about, and I love to go out and meet with our customers, uh, the, con- the contractors and the guys doing the work and ringing the cash register, and the, the story is always the same. I can ring the cash register. I'm getting supplies now, finally, but employees are really hard to find. That's what I've heard. Yeah, that's what I, I hear that here in Texas as well. I, I'm looking forward to a day on the show. I've been doing this for 13 years where I'm not asking questions about COVID-19 anymore. But as you look ahead to 2023, and hopefully yep. as we finally put COVID-19 behind us, how are you feeling about the bank and the local economy? Are you optimistic? Are you cautious? Tell us how you, you know, as you head into 2023, what are your sense of things moving forward? Yeah, optimistic, cautious, yes, yes to both. Um, You know, the rising interest rates are are slowing down home purchases. And probably Hmm. the biggest concern I have here is for the working class families that don't have a home and aren't locked into a mortgage, where are they going to live? Our rental prices have gone up. We've had several employees that have moved out of the state when their uh, apartment lease came due. You know, with that wow. incoming wealth I talked about earlier, what happens? Prices go up. Uh, right. So, you know, learned about the, the cost of housing, and there's always so much that any of us can do. It is a free market phenomenon. Um, and then what the high interest rates might do to the continued business expansion. Uh, but like I said earlier, right now, as I'm out talking to people, everybody's doing pretty well right now. So, But we're, we're cautiously optimistic. Well, I think that's great. Now, uh, I, I love talking to you about your professional banking career, but I also like to find out things that have nothing to do with banking. Uh, had you not gone into banking way back when, was there another career path that you considered at some point before you picked that finance route in college? That's a great question. I was always interested in cars and mechanics and motorcycles and taking <laughs> engines apart and putting them back together and making them go faster. And I always envisioned myself as a race car driver, but then I realized I was probably better working on the engine than fixing it. 
and I wanted to be a mechanic. And my mom pushed me to go to college. I went to college, and you know, I took a banking class. And this is the rest is history. And my mom would always say, "Well, I'm so glad you went to college." And I'd say to my mom, "You know, if you hadn't pushed me to college, I'd probably own a chain of 200 auto repair stores around the <laughs> You probably would. <laughs> you, now, you kind of stole my I, next question from me because yeah. <laughs> I was going to ask you. Guess what do I you don't? remember your first yeah. car? Oh yeah, of course, '65 Chevy two six cylinder uh, four door. Don't Sorry, like I cut you off. Go cars ahead. anymore. I pay other I pay guys to work on cars. So. Uh, you and me both. I always tell the mechanic, just fix it. I don't know how it works. I just drive it. Right. Um, when you when you're not at work these days, what kinds of things do you enjoy doing now? You know, love being with the family. We've got three kids, and uh, they always say they come from the same place, and they come out so differently. And they're wonderful kids, and my wife and our extended family. Uh, we like to shoot both sporting clays and pistol target shooting, something that we do together. I like to stay in shape. I was a runner for years until they wore out my knee. So now I'm a cyclist and uh, try to uh, do fun things. Uh, a year ago when I turned 65, I did a 65-mile bike ride and raised wow. money for our local Climbers Association. And, you know, just a, I did say send me $65, a dollar a year, a dollar a mile. I did that at... 50 and 55 rollerblading, and, and every every time I've raised over $10,000, just kind of a, a fun thing to do. That is that is awesome. And, and then finally, you mentioned that you went to work back in the 70s. You know, I had one of those nylon suits. I was a bit younger, but I had yeah. the burnt sienna leisure suit from the Sears catalog. Yeah. We'll let the millennials yeah. we'll let the millennials Google what the Sears catalog is. But that's what I had. Right. I remember those suits very, very well. But when you're driving around today, what kind of music do you have on your radio? What kind of what kind of music do you enjoy? Well, it's going to be classic rock. Rolling Stones are our favorite band. Mick Jagger keeps very. going. I'm only 66. He's 78. I want to keep doing what he's doing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you are. His name is Bill yeah. Penny, as I mentioned. He is the gentleman leading this amazing master class in community banking out in the free state of Florida. Mr. Penny, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on this show, and I hope we get you back sometime. Thank you so very kindly. Thank you, Jason. It was fun. Awesome. Great job, right? Everybody? Yeah. Well, now you can see why they're putting on that master class in community banking. Tremendous leadership begets tremendous results. You can look on LinkedIn all day for all of these leadership affirmations. Folks, leadership is not an affirmation you see on LinkedIn. It's something you can tangibly see in a community. You heard Mr. Penny talking about it. He's out there talking to contractors and business owners. If you're a community banking president and you spend all day in your office, you are not intentionally engaging your potential audience of customers and clients. Now, as I've mentioned many times, it just seems that every 80 years in the United States, something cataclysmic happens. You had the American Revolution. 80 years later, you had the Civil War. 80 years later, you had World War II. 80 years later, you have COVID-19. And in all of those situations, there is a huge population and demographic change in the country. And right now, that change is people leaving some of these high-taxed states for states with no income tax because people typically don't want to pay more 
taxes. And so community brands and community banks like Marine Bank are taking advantage of the history and their locality in the free state of Florida. And I encourage you to follow them on social media and do what they do. Remember, no show next week. I hope you all have a happy and safe Thanksgiving. I am grateful for too many things to mention on the air. Hope you enjoy time with your family, and I'm looking forward to the break as well. Once again, thank you, Mr. Penny, for a fun and enlightening interview. And if you're in the free state of Florida and you can't get satisfaction from one of the big banks or one of the credit unions, you can find a home at Marine Bank. My name is Jason Dyes, and until next we speak, I'll talk to you all next week. Take care. Everybody now.